Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. If Josh and I just seem like we're in a better mood this episode than previous episodes, I don't know why. It could have something to do with our discussion today. Uh, Josh, I, I wish, I wish there was some news that we could talk about this week, but there, there's <laughs> been no earth-shattering shocking tmz type backstabbing revelations that have come this weekend um what should we talk about i don't know man i mean uh, uh, there's just nothing to really talk about i mean oh wait <laughs> there is <laughs> now it's you know it's fall so we're all bobbing for a new job uh, i mean oh crap i am Jeez. all right well anyway uh, uh yeah 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 <laughs> one bob just replaced another bob who replaced the other Bob. So Bob Iger has come back to replace Bob Chapek. Bob Iger's pick, quote unquote, his pick. We'll get into that later. Um, he's replaced him as CEO, effective immediately. So yeah, that's our discussion this week is the huge, massive shakeup over at Disney and all the ramifications, um, how this all came together, what we think that's going forward, what Disney is probably going to look like going forward. This this is a bigger thing than just one specific news topic, so we're going to we'll divert a whole discussion topic to it this week because I scared yeah. Heather. I scared Heather with this news because she'd already gone to bed <laughs> and I'm playing Gotham Knights and I'm getting a whole bunch of notifications on my phone more than usual. So I'm just going, what's this? JPEG replaces Iger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I it just like, it... die laughing for a solid two minutes and she's like, what on earth is wrong with you? It was <laughs> glorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ding dong. The wicked witch. The witch is dead. It's It's crazy because like it was it was one of those things that I never thought they would actually actually go. They would never do it. Like they just gave him because that's the, we'll talk about this in a bit. But like it's on the back of a three year extension. It's like like dog. Like we had no reason to think that he was even remotely like in danger for his job. And we'll, we'll talk about it. But yeah, he didn't think so either. Which is yeah, apparently funnier. Um, <laughs> but before we get into all that, Josh, you watching anything good this week? dog so i uh or playing anything uh, uh <laughs> dude i've been playing so much ragnarok um but <laughs> um and it, it i hate it too because i'm definitely the kind of person that like i have to do all the small like side quests before i leave a planet like leave a world leave a planet um and it's it's making the game so much longer than it kind of needs to be and like it, it i'm actually like starting to annoy myself we're like no no no. i want to know what happens story-wise so if you can like i don't know just not worry about all of these side quests you'll be fine but yeah which is like yeah that's very typical josh i was running into the same issue with gotham knights of like so basically it's structured of like every time that you leave the belfry which is like their bat cave basically you like start a night on quote-unquote patrol and you've got all the mm -hmm. stuff that you can do some of it's optional other parts are just like if you want to advance the story you got to do this but like there'll be times to be like all right i gotta do all the things on my patrol this night like you don't have to but in my mind just like <laughs> i have to though because it's part of my patrol so uh i finally finished gotham knights that's what i've been doing i haven't really been watching anything i'm sure i'll watch some stuff over thanksgiving break but I finally finished Gotham Knights, and it's... The entire game is a solid 6 out of 10. 
it's not the train wreck that some people are claiming it is, but it's also a far cry from any of the Arkham games, even Origins. Like, some <laughs> stuff is good. Yeah. The story's really not that bad. For the most part, um... Heather's watched me do the final boss, and even she's just like, that doesn't make any sense. So, mild spoilers here. The final fight in Gotham Knights takes place underground somewhere by a Lazarus pit. And here's where, I, here's where I'm getting just like, okay. Now, you were losing me by the repetitive combat, but now you're losing me with your uh, story. Is So, anybody that knows comics, Lazarus pits brings people back to life. You can heal, whatever else. So... For some reason, in this final fight, I'm thinking, okay, if I take damage, I can just stand in a Lazarus pit. That could, that should theoretically give me st some stuff back, or if nothing else, I could just stand there. No, the Lazarus pit and its multiple pockets are actually poisonous to your character slash acid. I'm just going, that goes against everything you literally just showed me in the cutscene before this final fight. Like, why, why is it hurting me? It's a freaking <laughs> Lazarus pit. The whole point is... <laughs> Lazarus, you come back yeah. and you heal yourself. Why is this acid to me? This this doesn't make sense. This is cheap. <laughs> you know, I'll just have to show you, like, get you to play more video games with me. Like, hey, Gotham, you know, I hate I'm realizing playing Gotham Knights is the reason why I don't play Demon Souls or Bloodborne. I cannot mentally handle those type of games. Just going, because there's times that. <laughs> the final boss i'm just like you are broken i don't like how broken you are i can't run from you i can't straight on attack you i don't know what to do this sucks <laughs> uh, to be okay to 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 bloodborne's credit and even like elden's like uh not elden um uh, oh geez what's the one that just came out elden ring yeah elden yeah? ring not elden yeah. scrolls yeah the elder school uh elden ring both of those the the bosses are done in a way that's like they have a like yes, they're hard, and they will be. They, if you let them touch you, you will die instantly. But they have like a rhythm, and so that you can get used to the rhythm and all that. Anyway, um, sorry, I'm so sad. Sorry for for you that your your uh, night Nightwing sim decided to not be so, good. Like the Nightwing stuff is fine, but God, the combat's just clunky as all oh, hell. I feel, it's I, awful. I I bet. Um, I did, so unlike you, I have for <clears throat> a variety of reasons uh, <laughs> have been able to watch quite a bit this past week. Um, I actually because I I went back and re finished the gentleman because um, I remember you, we had this conversation where I was like I watched the first thirty minutes and was like really lost, uh, and so I just decided not to, uh, which is very not it's uncharacteristic of me. Um, but then, like, you went and watched it and was like, hey, I really, really liked it. So, I, so this past weekend, I, I watched it with my dad. because so I was like, you know, if I'm going to rewatch it, I might as well do, do it with somebody. Um, and gosh, you're right. Yeah, like, yeah, it's really good. The dialogue <laughs> is so snappy. I love it. It is. And, like, I love that um, at any point, oh, they could have gotten themselves out of the the story in the easiest way possible and instead they went they could definitely go with the all right cool how do we narratively link what four or five different stories all how together do we guy richie this yeah how do we guy rich how does guy richie sitting in his in his seat at home going how do we guy richie this um but yeah fantastic if so great i would recommend it to most people also um, i i don't say this very often 
But how good was Hugh? Lo not Hugh Laurie. Uh, yeah, was it Hugh? No, um, Hugh Grant. How great was Hugh Grant in that movie? Uh, dude, everybody's. That's that's the thing is like everybody's killing it. Everybody. Matthew McConaughey. Uh, do not cross him. Hi, dude. That was like I haven't. Maybe I just haven't watched a lot of Matthew movies, but um, gosh, he was good. I've I'm I'm not seen him like that before. Um, I also watched that documentary that John Jonah Hill made about his therapist uh, Stutz on Netflix. Very good. Very. There's a lot of like really really cool like mental health stuff in there. Um, I watched Crazy Stupid Love because I wanted to feel something positive in my week, um, and then for some reason decided to that I didn't want to feel good things and decided to finally watch Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to get morbed uh, it was morbid time to say the least that line's um, not even in the movie i know and it really should speaking of stuff that's not in the movie um the my, my favorite line from the trailer is not in the movie where he's like i'm venom i'm just kidding my, michael michael dr michael morbius that's just like oh I was like, so you're saying sony pulled on. a fast one with the marketing they would uh, never i just okay so here's the thing Morbius is visually interesting, but on ever all of the other levels, it is like it is just garbage, um, which is really unfortunate because uh, there's a lot of people involved in the movie that are like they you can tell they're trying, but like the source the material they're given isn't that great. Um, and also, I watched uh, where the Th wild things are. It's been a while since I rewatched uh, since I, don't think I saw. I've actually it. seen that. It's. <laughs> much like its source material is weird and uh <laughs> kind of uh different but it's it's good it, it's a good time to me at least uh, it's not for everybody um it but like there's definitely like a cool fun little story i guess i don't know it, but it, to me it's visually impressive to see these guys walking around in these massive oh yeah suits. costumes are fantastic for that fantastic and to be my mom was like that's uh that's all cgi right and i was like no i mean there might be a little bit but it's mostly not cgi and she was like whoa so that was fun that was a really fun experience anything else nah dude outside of a lot of youtube <laughs> i'm i'm determined i'm gonna watch smile at some point because that's now on Paramount i am too Plus, and i've I would heard love really to. good things which is weird because the trailers look like garbage to me yeah yeah smile and i need to watch barbarian that's great here. i have seen barbarian yeah i've got i literally went through um all of my streaming services and just loaded up my lists i hope to see either strange world glass onion or the fablesman mm. this weekend for thanksgiving so we'll oh, see. i am uh singing so i'm seeing wakanda forever tomorrow oh so awesome i'm excited i'm, I'm very excited to hear about your thoughts on that yeah same moving to our first news topic um this is interesting to say the least this is in the horror world this is the equivalent of the mega powers uniting so to speak of the powerful jays teaming up but i'm also kind of confused by this uh so jason blum the head of blumhouse is teaming up with james wan and they're going to be combining their their own basically their own horror companies with blumhouse and james wan with atomic monster I like both of these guys. I think James Wan has this really good niche of horror movies that he does well. Jason Blum is awesome as a producer. Not every Blumhouse movie is awesome, but by and large, no. he's, he's honestly, I think, the best producer working today in terms of hyping up his own movies, giving his people, hey, here's your budget. I'll do everything in my power. 
to triple the box office of your budget because I'm a hype machine, but also I'll give you a low budget. So it's very low risk type of thing for Blumhouse. I really like the Blumhouse model. It gives creativity for people. And Blumhouse is my biggest factor in all this. Why? And I'm not saying that in a negative way. But James Wan's Atomic Monster now gets the... Uh, they get. Uh, we're going to stick with the wrestling terminology here. James Wan's Atomic Monster gets the rub, so to speak. They're they're teamed mm -hmm. up with the guy yeah. with the bigger name on the card, so to speak. But what does Blumhouse get out of this partnership? Yeah, this is a cool partnership that I'm sure will extend to like movies and TV and whatever else. It's great to have James Wan in the corner of Blumhouse. But if I'm Atomic Monster, I don't know what this kind of how this benefits Blumhouse more than any other partnership. I think this is great, but I'm not like jumping and screaming from the top of rooftops or anything like I would be for some news that we'll talk about in discussion. I just think this is an interesting move. Nonetheless, uh, Josh, what do you think about Blumhouse and Atomic Monster basically becoming one monster, <laughs> one monster yeah. studio? <clears throat> I mean, I think there's, I think you're kind of, I love Blumhouse and um, I love James Wan. And I, I do think they're on a certain level, you're kind of skirting Atomic Monsters accomplishments under the, under the rug just a little bit. I mean, cause they're responsible for like animal creation. They're, you know, lights out. Um, so that's you fair. Know, that's fair. The, the, so they, they bring, a, they bring a lot to the table as far as like um, modern absolute hits when it comes to horror movies, much like Blumhouse does. Um, I do think this is actually, this is like, I guess to me, I am excited in the sense of like, okay, cool. So this, we have two massive horror studios that are now going to be like under one, one roof. I mean, just like having James Wan do a Blumhouse style horror movie sounds super interesting to me and to, so i get to me i'm seeing it as an absolute win i see it as like um a bunch of people who are like hey i'd like working with this dude or i want to work with this dude um what a better way to then to bring him under my uh, under my roof so we can all create something together I, I i think to me absolute win i'm with you in the like i'm not like whoa this is crazy because like at the same time i don't think that really either studio quote unquote needs it yeah that's um, that's where i was more that's what i'm confused because this is this kind of felt like cool weird timing but but in this age of like mass um absorptions and mergers and everything else i guess this makes sense and with horror being the hot commodity that it is right now they're just like by our powers combined or whatever else in which case which one is zan and which one's jaina um, yeah. If these are the Wonder Twins, and which one's the monkey here? Oh yeah, it's the it's guy that me. used to I'm run HBO Max. Which makes me very curious about this. Both of these guys, I don't know if this new company will have like a, an exclusivity clause to any particular studio because they both work with different people. But by and large, I think Blumhouse, Universal, James Wan, Warner Brothers. I know they've worked with other stuff. Blumhouse has done stuff with like Amazon prime or something for the like those multi-days blumhouse or whatever or is that shutter but i think of them as like they work for two separate guys but they've they've freelanced so does this mean they're gonna combine into atomic blumhouse and then they can be like contractors for other 
studios i'm i'm curious how that will play out <laughs> i literally was sitting there going like man what would that studio sound like a, but atomic blumhouse sounds so cool i can't even like that is such a cool name for a studio are you kidding me like <laughs> not produ- produced by atomic blumhouse presenting the nun 28 or something i don't know like it just like that's automatically way cooler it just than starts with just a mushroom blumhouse. cloud at the beginning of the blumhouse logo yeah! oh my gosh your your enjoyment in this film will be atomic i don't know something stupid uh but like it's i i'm with you though like i i don't understand the why because i don't think either one really needs it but like at this that i'm still excited nevertheless it'd be like if a dude if a24 got in on this dude let's go <laughs> so sticking on the train of but why um Fast X is what it's just being called. I think that is the final title for this movie, actually. It's just Fast X. Fast X has had its own uh, production problems, to say the least. And now, it's going to be one of the most expensive movies ever made, as it's been revealed that the budget for Fast X is currently $340 million. Not what it's going to make at the box office. What it is currently costing to make this movie and i'm assuming because they're still working on it that cost could go up even more that doesn't include the marketing for this this is just the budget to make the movie to which i just go vin i hope you're proud of yourself because (laughs) this one's on you whether you admit it or not um because what was it justin lynn was the director that they had for this that was the director of multiple previous fast and furious movies left the project because apparently this set is only big enough for one uh, creative director for this movie. And I don't care who they claim is directing this movie. We all know Vin Diesel's the one that's actually calling the shots on the set as he's more or less bullied out the director. And apparently the rock out of this franchise too, because the rock was just not having it. Um, which makes me kind of curious about the future of Hobbs and Shaw. But $340 million for yep. Fast X. That's like endgame level budget. But for Fast X. <laughs> I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. $340 million. <laughs> they're uh, they're going to time travel on space. I mean, we so do they, know that they will go to space eventually. I'm, which I cannot like. I might actually have to get this, like a neck support because I'm just gonna roll my eyes every single time I hear that because like, oh, that's the last place we haven't gone. But yeah, but that's like not good. There's like, a reason for that. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, like you understand that you you have just had to really pull it out of your butt here for like quite often in uh, space just We're to make still a story family. work. Yeah, like. This is like Jason X. <laughs> we need to make another Jason movie. Fast what do we do? X. Put him, put him in. Oh, stop. I swear. They, I swear. Fast if they, Jason if, X. If they, if they freeze a car and shatter it, I will absolutely lose my mind. Because <laughs> like. And the then problem like, is they you, have could, you say that. But now <laughs> I can absolutely see them doing that. Oh absolutely, God. whether they acknowledge it as a fast uh, Jason X reference or not, I can totally see them. If they do go to space, be like, hey, hit the nitrous. It'll freeze the car and we can make the jump. 
and then it shatters upon impact. I can absolutely, and then somehow Vin Diesel will emerge with zero gravity out of the car. He'd be like, we can survive this car crash in space. There is no gravity when you've got family. family. <laughs> and then he, 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 he doesn't survive, right? So he thank doesn't God. survive the jump. No, 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 so, no, 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 not thank God. Ready, ready. He doesn't survive the jump. <laughs> and so they, <laughs> he, <laughs> I know where you're going with this. He, they they inject him with nanites. They reconstruct his body with nannies, nanites. And they're like, well, if he's not, if he's more nanites than human, is he really still Vin Diesel? And he's actually more human now than he was family. before. And then the nanites, <laughs> oh, no. the nanites slowly turn him into a giant mechanized Iron Man or an Get Iron Giant, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> Going off the rails so quick, but it's glorious because we do not care about this franchise. But I think the big question is getting back to the three hundred and forty million dollar budget. Million dollars. Uh, the question is, Josh, do you think this movie can be profitable? I know the past few of fast movies have all flirted with a billion but nine was not well received by critics or audiences alike i mean a lot of these movies are kind of eh with critics but nine especially left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths and i think they're this franchise in particular has the law of diminishing returns so <laughs> they've really jumped the shark for this and i mean that with full sincerity and this is one of the, those times that jumping the shark actually applies do you think it could actually break even or be profitable with a price range of $340 million? I, not including marketing? I, okay, so we, we we're just for perspective, right? So because Fast 9 still, by the end of, the, of its box office run, still made seven yeah $726.2 million worldwide. So like they definitely more than made their their money back. I don't I don't think it warrants it. I mean, like if you would let's 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 this put this put this in perspective, right? Because like if you would have said what was it ninety two or something like that that uh or ninety eight I was like ninety eight like late nineties that um the first in that when we were doing the first fast and furious movie back when they were stealing dvd players exactly um if you would have told us then that you know hey the 10th one in the 10th one in this movie we're gonna make first of all we're gonna make 10 of these second of all the next one's gonna the the 10th is gonna have a budget of 340 million dollars um i think all of us would have been like but it's a car movie so like why <laughs> you know like are we i to me it's i i i just don't care especially if they're like we're gonna go to space all right cool what does that have to do with cars are you literally just going to attach a car to a space like to a to a are we going to mars that's what I'm, i, I want to know is this like secretly a doom movie where they go to mars with cars <laughs> and then they they like fight demons or something like there's got to be something to make this movie interesting right this isn't just about people with cars right like that's not that can't be it so fast and furious is kind of a cheesy name if fast yeah. 11 is mars cars I will slap all of the money down on the table to see that. I do not care. Mars Cars sounds like an amazing movie. 
<laughs> Mars with cars. No, no, Come not in. Mars with cars. Just Mars cars. Mars cars. It's actually just a cars built out of chocolate bars that are like the Mars chocolate bars. <laughs> yes. And starring Alexander Skarsgård. Mars Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> Mars cars made out of Mars bars. Chocolate bars for days. <laughs> starring Skarsgård. Yeah, there's no way this is I can't I, I this is the fast series. I will never ever take it seriously. Because they don't take themselves <laughs> seriously. They don't! But then they act like they're oh it's the so only one that takes them seriously is the is Vin Diesel. And mm, it's because he doesn't really have a lot of other options. <laughs> yeah. And because you know, triple X isn't a thing anymore. I love those movies. Don't I'll fight you on it. I don't care. They're not great though. You know that. <laughs> They're not. They're garbage. <laughs> so lastly for our news this week, before we get into the main news of the weekend, an odd decision to say the least. And that is that Amazon, of all people, is working on not one, but apparently multiple live action Spider-Man TV series, starting with a Silk series. Now, I'll be perfectly honest, I'm not overly familiar with the character of Silk. Like, I believe she's going to be in Across the Spider-Verse. So I'm hoping that does a good job of generalizing her and endearing her to modern audiences, kind of like a lot of the characters in Into the Spider-Verse did for people like Spider-Man Noir, Miles, yep. to a certain extent, Spider-Pig. Um, so, in that sense, cool. Silk is on to come up. I'm more just very confused with the legality of this. Of <laughs> we we had heard for a while that the, that Sony is working on silk stuff, some form of a silk project. I thought, um, what's her face? Don't worry, darling. Train wreck director, um, Olivia oh. Wilde. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. she might have been attached to something in the Sony verse, and might have been a silk project or a Madam Web something. Not Madam Web. Um. Spider Woman. No, so, Spider Woman. Sony's already doing that train wreck. But, but this is weird of just the legalness of this. Of like, once again, the character of Spider Man in the Spider Universe is so complicated from a legal standpoint. Of yeah, you can do this, but you can't do this. Heaven forbid to use that. You can't. You you can't use that. Or you have to ask Kevin Feige's permission on this thing. Or this belongs to Sony. This belongs to Marvel. It's a complicated thing, but also, Amazon is one of the few people that Sony doesn't currently have a deal with. So it's kind of weird that Sony's just like, hey, man, we don't have our own streaming service, which honestly, I know we bagged on them for a really long time for that decision. But looking at how many studios are now struggling because they're plateauing when it comes to subscribers... Sony might have been the wrinkle brain all along, and we're just going, <laughs> gosh, dang it, Sony, you might have been right. This is the this is a weird year for movies of Sony and Paramount are the ones that are kind of looking good while everyone else is looking stupid, and we're going, How? bizarro world. Um, <laughs> Josh, Amazon's working on a Silk series. What? Initial reactions to that? Yeah, no, I'm kind of with you as far as like, I don't understand the legality of this. Uh, that being said, um, I don't hate it. Uh, I think having, I don't know if I trust Amazon but necessarily, but uh, it also kind of depends on if we're doing live action or animation, you know what I mean? Um, but for, 
for for somebody else to tell some of these other stories like if we did silk if we did scarlet spider if we actually got like a spider noir actual like one or two seasons of spider spider noir like and nicholas cage came back oh yeah yeah let's go absolutely but like i think there's a lot of really interesting ways that uh, places you can go with hey like we're gonna do some spit-off series cool so we're gonna tell we're gonna tell silk's story we're gonna actually go and tell do let's do a spider gwen series why not um like let's do like there's all kinds of really interesting things you could do with um with kind of like being able to not do main peter storylines to me at least um you'd be do uh super e- uh, secret agent venom sure why not like there, there's a lot of like fun stuff you could do i think think if they went in that direction um i i think the big curiosity that i have is is this going to be a thing where it's like like tales of the jedi where each episode is somebody else or is this strictly a silk series or are we doing like multiple are we you know what i mean there's a lot of like obviously this isn't a very detail heavy announcement so like i have a lot of questions but there is i would be lying if i said there was a small part of me that's that's not excited because i'm like that's kind of cool i'm excited about the possibilities of this yeah again whenever it comes to anything sony or spider-man i'm just going well what universe is this set in? Because honestly, Sony, you yourself don't know what universe your crap is in half the time because they're like, yeah, oh my gosh, oh, Morbius is totally in the Tom Holland one. The Venom is totally in the Tom Holland one. Please give us money. We're desperate. Um, And Kevin Feige is just going, no, you are very, very loosely connected to us. You are in the multiverse. We gave you that <laughs> now. <laughs> And, and then even then y'all screwed it up because at the end of Morbius, I literally almost punched the screen, almost punched the screen. Oh, I was like, God. that's not, that's not how the spell works. What? Okay. Again, mild spoilers for those who care about Morbius and still haven't seen it. They try and use Dr. Strange's spell to send Michael Keaton, like to Morbius's world. I'm just going, well, Michael Keaton had nowhere to go. Like the spell sent them back to the universes that they're from. Michael Keaton was in Tom Holland's universe, so he had nowhere to disappear to. He just went to a different state, not another dimension. Like, yeah, it made no sense. <laughs> even then, like, he should have been, if, even if he was in Morbius's dimension, he should have been taken from that dimension to Tom Holland. It's a, yeah, none of it makes sense. And especially with, like, uh, so be, let's, let's tie this in, right? So I think the one thing we can guarantee that the Amazon series will never touch is the Sinister Six because Sony is obsessed with getting a Sinister Six movie. Apparently, that we are going to stretch and get ourselves in there. It doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter if it makes sense. But we're going to get our Sinister Six movie, and that's it. Like, gosh, Sony. So, no. I don't agree with that. Because... No. Recently, reports came out, and I kind of believe these, that um, Sony was hoping for more Tom Hall involvement in the Venom stuff, and Kevin Feige has repeatedly put kiboshes on that, which is not surprising. Yeah. But Kevin Feige supposedly doesn't have plans to use this Venom symbiote with Tom Holland until after Secret Wars, which I'm going, yeah, no, duh. That kind of makes sense for him to get the symbiote in Secret Wars, just like in the comics. But, and again, don't want to pat myself on the back. I have been saying forever now that the fourth one should just be reestablishing him as ground level hero. And then the fifth one 
is where we bring in the symbiote and have him be black suit Spider-Man. And then when he's at his, like, morally low and his self-conscious is at an all-time low with the Mm -hmm. sixth Spider-Man movie, that's when you bring in the Sinister Six. I still maintain that that's the plan. The end game, so to speak, for this new Spider-Man trilogy will be the Sinister Six, I think. I think Kevin Feige, once again, will find a way to go, okay, Sony, We'll let you do this, or how about this other really great idea that you can claim was your idea, but I secretly gave it to you type of thing. <laughs> if you let us do secret Sinister Six, you guys can have your own universe's version of Sinister Six. How about that? Does that does that make you happy? But Tom, he's gonna face the traditional Sinister Six that we are setting up. And maybe this time have at least, you know, one girl on the team because it's always been a bit of an imbalance in the comics. Yeah. I'm like, it's always been very much a dude fest in the oh Sinister Six. Gosh, if we if they give us if Kevin Feige gives us um Live Ock. Uh, yes, I would absolutely flip. Are you kidding me? Like Live Ock is awesome. I would love her. Played um, by Catherine yeah. Hahn again as a multiverse. Let's go. I there's a lot I think that they could do. Um, and obviously, if you're going to do a sixth movie with Sinister Six, you have to release it in uh, 2006 in I mean, June on the 6th. So it'll be 6-6 six, six in 2006 with what the Sinister Legion Six. Legion from 2006? <laughs> Which, yes, I just referenced Legion. That's like, wow, That's dude. That's a pull. Uh, Again, I think it's also interesting that the, this specifically says multiple shows for Amazon. So Silk mm-hmm. being the first one, who else do we think? This is, I know Sony really wants to make some of their characters work, like Madam Web or Craven. I think it would have been better if they were Amazon TV shows, in which case, mm-hmm. if you're trying something new and experimental, maybe try it as a TV show first. Yeah. So that way you yeah, might yeah, not yeah. just sink a whole bunch of money into something that doesn't work oh but sony would never do that it's morbid time it's morbid time (laughs) re-release that's still the greatest thing that has happened on the internet this year was the internet convincing sony hey we were all just super busy with other stuff i we swear if you re-release morbius we promise we will see it this weekend and then they did, and we and like, all just nobody what, Like, legitimately nobody went and resaw it. It was hilarious. It made like $100,000. And that was it, which is, oh, that's so funny to me. I So let me ask you this before we move on. Um, Outside of Silk and outside of the, you know, the one that, you know, seeing maybe uh, Spider-Noir with obviously starring Nicolas Cage, can't do anybody else. Um, Is there any other Spider-Man that you would like to see them do a show on? A Blade Runner style Spider Man 2099. Ooh. Don't you tempt me with that. Don't you know how much I love a good Blade Runner 20, 2049? Like, I. Ooh, dude. I would eat that up. Are you with with Oscar Isaac? Yes. Are you kidding me? He's proven that he can do it. Why not? Like, oh my gosh, let's go. Besides I'd be that, so down. Um, Spider Gwen series, I think, could be really, really cool. Um, if you want to go something very, very different, like what uh, Disney Plus did with Miss Marvel, do Penny Parker from Into the Spider Verse and her robot. I think that could be oh, really cool. Oh, that could cool. be a lot of fun. Yeah, have a different age demographic because heaven forbid we re- try and reach a different demographic than the main comic book fan. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Which definitely like makes me say, "Oh yeah, let's do Scarlet Spider." Like, kind of like sketch. I was about to say you are probably one of the few people actually asking for that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's also because like that blue that blue sleeveless hoodie is something that I I have like that that version of him is something I love. Also, he like ends up in you know Houston, so there's that. Uh, But yeah. yeah <laughs> there's there's several comic panels i've seen of like him like swinging through downtown houston being like gosh the only part i hate about this is like sweating so much like humidity is terrible and i was like this is literally just I feel me that. i feel that in my soul <laughs> that's all josh cares about for his spider-man whether he can feel the humidity in his bundle <laughs> i want i want to see sweat stains let me see sweat stains <laughs> spider sweat that's what josh craves apparently hey man you got you got your your webbing wings i'll give you my sweat stains not the same thing okay then you do you man speaking of doing you whatever you do for your style represent with t public that is a silky smooth segue silk bringing that back once again proud of you um yeah go to t public Get your Uncharted Media merch, whether it is mugs, hoodies, it's hoodie weather now, after all, uh, t-shirts, stickers, whatever your heart desires with the Uncharted Media logo or other awesome designs like the retro design, the old school logo, the new school logo, tinfoil hat theory, whatever you want. Get it at the Tee Public in the link in the description, but also subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube as we make the slow climb to 1,000 subscribers. But before we get to 1,000 subscribers, we need to be horrible, horrible people and dance <laughs> on the failures of others. We need to dance on the grave of the dead career that is Josh... Josh Chapek. I'm getting it mixed up with Josh tomorrow. I'm getting it mixed up with Josh tomorrow, who we'll talk about later here, who is like the head of the parks currently, but... I actually had to ask Josh before we start recording tonight, how much dancing on the grave is too much dancing? Because I will get right up to that limit and then exceed it because screw Bob paycheck. God, I have been waiting for this day and I just love how chaotic this is because it's not just like a, all right, Bob, you've got three months to turn it around and then we'll, we will begin the search for another option. It's like, no, thank you, F you, bye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. I, yeah. I'm picturing this scenario. I know it was actually dropped at an Elton John concert, which I think is super bizarre, but I'm just picturing Bob <laughs> Chapek going to his office late on a Sunday night to, heaven forbid, actually do work and like trying to use his key card and not letting him in the building. And he has to call up security and just go, uh, my, my, key card isn't working and security just going (laughs) screw you bob like this sounds harsh but god have i been waiting for this day people anybody that's been listening to this podcast long enough jpeg i don't know how he did it but he has torpedoed disney to the ground so fast you could tie a giant boulder to disney stock and it would not fall as fast as what JPEG has done to it. He is now gone. And holy crap, it was a eventful weekend, apparently. So yeah. let's uh, before we get into all it, Josh, 
your initial reaction when you heard or started seeing all this news, I'm sure you first heard it from me and the screams of joy from states away. <laughs> I uh, I definitely, when you texted it to me, I was like, am I getting Rick rolled again? This is, that's, that's, I, there's no way that this is true. They just gave, and because like, I think that is certainly something that I think is not necessarily being talked about as much is like, Yo, they just like they literally just gave him a three year extension. So like the idea that he could be fired was like so out of this world. Like there's no way they'd pull that trigger. Um, although outside of the the rumors, if the reasons on paper, I'm not a huge big fan of. But it's like okay, whatever. So let's let's get into it. Let's talk because there's there's a lot to go through here on this. Okay, yeah. So we got got a whole bunch of notes on this so just big old thing in my notes if i'm not looking at the cameras because i'm looking at our extensive notes that we've got we actually take notes every once in a while it just says in big old letters jpeg fired Iger back Woo! <laughs> oh now so so the news for this broke on sunday night a time that you hear nothing nothing news wise like typically News outlets will drop information Friday afternoon when everyone's getting ready to go home for, like, bad news so less people will see it. The speculation out there, and I firmly believe this, is the reason this move was done on a Sunday night is so that the stock would open well Monday morning. It would be, like, a good omen of just, like, well, the stock market's going to like us come Monday morning. And sure enough, Disney's stock, when this was announced, rose 9%. And they're just going, ah! Oh, we needed with somebody different in charge, which is what we've been saying for literally years. But this news broke Sunday when Disney was live streaming an Elton John concert on Disney Plus. Which is odd. <laughs> so what's great is Bob Chapek at one point was supposed to introduce Elton John to the to the crowd at the event. That didn't Love happen. That. Um also, Josh, I don't know if I've told you this or if you've read this anywhere, but there's this thing called irony. So remember how a few months back we talked about how um, Bob Paycheck fired this guy named Tim Rice, who many people were expecting yeah. to be the guy that replaces him someday. Guess where Tim Rice was on Sunday? At the Elton John concert. <laughs> Apparently in a very good mood. <laughs> so the big question then is is i'm not the big question but like one of the ones i have is, is they're gonna rehire him because that was a big mistake on chapex part there's a lot of questions i think that they're going into this but um the official reasoning that i'm seeing and maybe i'm wrong in this is that basically like since chapex has taken over disney stock has dropped 40 41 40 like 41 42 percent which admittedly mm, more than is that. huge yeah it's when, it's when, huge when chapex took over the stock was around 200 dollars. when he got fired it was around 85 dollars. yes so that's like, like more the, than half yeah in the month of november they're reporting over 1.5 billion dollars in losses um which is like I, 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 for me, I need like perspective. I need to know like how much does a rank, just like how much does, I don't know, Universal lose, uh, you know, as a company, just to something, have something to compare it to because that just, that to me, that just looks like a bunch of money. That's it. I don't, that doesn't do much for me. But I think the big thing too was that in the meeting, uh, JPEG was just kind of like super stoked 
like did not like acknowledge it or anything like that. He was just like, yeah. So, uh, yeah, then month of November, we had $1.5 billion in losses. And um, I get to go to a John, like an Elton John concert. I'm super stoked about it. I was like, okay, dude. All right, chill. <laughs> yeah, like he never, he didn't seem to react to anything. So apparently after those, like the most recent earnings call where a bunch of projections were missed by a wide margin, an emergency meeting was held. Now we'll get into some rumors. Again, rumors, rumors, rumors. I cannot emphasize rumors enough, but we'll get into that in a little bit here. Um, apparently an emergency meeting was held. JPEG was fired. Well, he has resigned or has left the company. Dude, you got fired. Like, hardcore. You definitely got fired for sure. Uh, but he was asked to leave Sunday. Apparently, Iger was asked to return to the company Friday night. So it was Which basically two days of, hey, uh, can you do this? Also, this is not in the long-term plans. According to other reports, Iker was deep in negotiations to work at some other company, like an investment firm or something mm -hmm. else like that, like in advanced talks. So this is very, very last minute. And I feel like in the coming weeks, We'll get more information because I feel like something big must have happened behind the scenes for them to panic this much. Mm -hmm. uh, I have my own theories that we'll dive into later. Uh, but I hear us ask Friday night to come back as CEO. JPEG gets fired Sunday night. And apparently, according to some reports, JPEG found out around the same time the rest of the world did, which I think I hate Bob JPEG so much. And I'm rejoicing like any other entertainment fan right now. That being said, that's kind of a dick move, Disney. Yeah. Like, at least tell him Saturday. Like, I joke about the key card situation, but I kind of could absolutely see that happening of, I hate Chapek. Maybe at least give him a couple hours heads up to clean out his office because yeah, th uh, that's... That, it doesn't look yeah it's pretty shady and it like it definitely is one of those situations that's like okay so chapek was doing something to to me as as somebody who's been in you know on a management side to me that sounds like okay if they had given him advance notice it sounds like chapek would have done something that uh might cause uh, them to change you know force them into a situation where they might have to change their mind make it kind of awkward or to me it sounds like hey we want to be as efficient with this as possible and not give him an opportunity to kind of whine to the media granted we record these on tuesdays so like there's been ample ample time but at the same time it's like that is kind of shady for you to be like all right especially it was like a worldwide company like disney for you to be like all right cool hey you're fired, and hey, if you want to click the send on that uh the, that notice to to Variety, that'd be great. Thank you. Um, like literally within that had to be like like fire, walk into the next room, send out the news like that. That's kind of shit. That, so, I don't like that at all. So supposedly, even if he had some advance notice, JPEG wouldn't say anything because according to some other reports we we're reading, there's like an anti-disparaging or non-disclosure yeah, yeah, agreement. That sounds about right. So um. JPEG can't talk about what happened and he can't badmouth the company for a certain amount of time and Disney can't disparage JPEG or say that he did a bad job. But holy crap, did they non-person him real quick. Like, uh, Iger set out 
Sunday night an email that someone I personally know very, very, very well actually got the email because they work for them. So he's like, yeah, I can confirm that I got the email. So Iger sent out an email almost as soon as he got hired to the employees. And so once again, not looking at the camera, I'm looking at the notes here. This is what Iger's email said. And he very rarely, if ever, mentions Bob Chapek. He goes, dear fellow employees and cast members. It is with an incredible sense of gratitude and humility, and I must admit, a bit of amazement, yeah, I bet, yeah. that I write to you this evening with the news that I am returning to the Walt Disney Company as Chief Executive Officer. When I look at the creative success of our teams across our studios, Disney General Entertainment, ESPN International, the rapid growth of our streaming services, the phenomenal reimagining and rebound of our parks, the continued great work of ABC News, and so many other achievements across our businesses... I am in awe of your accomplishments, and I'm excited to embark with you on our many new endeavors. I know this company has asked so much of you during the past three years, and these times certainly remain quite challenging. But as you've heard me say before, I am an optimist, and if I've learned one thing from my years at Disney, it is that even in the face of uncertainty, perhaps especially in the face of uncertainty, our employees and cast members achieve the impossible. You'll be hearing more from me and your leaders tomorrow and in the weeks ahead. In the meantime, allow me to express my deep gratitude for all that you do. Disney holds a special place in the hearts of people around the globe thanks to you and your dedication to this company and its mission to bring joy to people through great storytelling is an inspiration to me every single day, Bob Iger. Let's go. Which I'm just going, honestly, if I'm an employee, I'm about to run headfirst through a wall for this guy because that yeah. email alone is more of a personal connection with the employees than Chapek had in his entire tenure. And I'm just going, I don't always agree with everything Iger does. No guy is perfect when it comes to management style. But that right there is immediately how you assert, okay, this is the type of leader I'm going yeah. to be. And again, I love that he never once mentions Chapek. He's just like, hey, the past three years have sucked. We could be talking yeah. about the other thing, or we could be talking about the other thing that starts with the C. You decide. I'm <laughs> just going, I, I love that. I. It's not even so much that JPEG got fired. That's exciting. Yeah. It's the fact that they had the balls to go back to the other guy. This is a full-on Steve Jobs Apple situation of... <laughs> We fixed it and now we broke it and now we need daddy to fix it. Come fix it, Papa Iger. Can you fix it? And he's just going, let me roll up my sleeves. It's Iger in time. I, I think, what, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like, and I feel like to, on, for a certain, to a certain level, I feel so bad for Bob Iger. Like the man has tried to retire so many times. Like just let the man be. But like, it's just like to, Alan Horn for the film division. <laughs> Yeah, like, just let the man chill, all right? But, like, at the same time, like, and this scenario, yeah, absolutely. So, Bring back uh, I. I hadn't thought yeah. about this at all. It's completely unrelated, and Josh probably didn't even know this was a thing. Um, Does that mean Bob Chapek and his friends are no longer going to own Funko Pops? That was going to be a thing? No, I think that is a thing. Like, him and a bunch of his friends, like, investing friends, bought a majority stake in Funko. So I'm just like, is that a conflict of interest now? Are we finally going to get more Funkos from Disney type of stuff? Because I wouldn't be opposed to that. Uh, oh, but also maybe dude. don't put consumer stuff first. Uh, because as we will go into more extensively later, maybe have a creative person in charge, not just a direct consumer Correct. person. Um, Correct. But yeah, Iger had this 
brilliant statement to the employees of just going, honestly, if you need an Independence Day type speech of, yeah, we've had our confidence down for the past three months, no, three years, we need a really just positive, encouraging thing. I love that he's just like, yeah, I know it's been tough, but you guys are what's making this company work. Yeah. I, I just, that's great. That's a great way to endear him. That it reads as, as I put in the note, this reads as someone that's proud of the company. I think a big issue among many issues with Bob Chapek was I never felt like he was a fan of Disney. He yeah. was a fan of money, yeah, 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 but yeah. he wasn't a fan of Disney. I hated the fact that he so openly hated animation. I thought it was so incredibly disheartening, one, what he did to Pixar of just going, hey, your movies are Disney Plus releases. They don't get to be in theaters anymore. Oh, Strange World is coming out this week? How about we'll give you like a trailer every two weeks? Does that sound nice to you? We're not going to give you any marketing budget. Once again, a Musker and Clemens movie that has no marketing. How dare you, Treasure Planet, when? Um, but it was also that statement, that idiotic, idiotic statement that JPEG made a few months ago of, yeah, we have Disney Plus. Parents watch animated movies on Disney Plus when they're putting their kids to bed. And then when the kids go to sleep, they go and change change it and watch something else parents don't watch animated stuff i'm going you are the head (laughs) of disney do you know what disney how disney was founded what disney first did forever and still continues to do animated stuff i yeah but Iger, Iger loved being ceo i'm sure it was a tough job but he was at every theme park opening every movie opening um Oh, I forget what it might have been either Pandora or one of the big park openings had Disney World and Disneyland both had openings on the same day. You bet your butt Bob Iger was at both openings on the same day. And I'm going, that is hustle. You know how many times Bob Chapek was at a film premiere? Zero. Because then he might have to be booed or also actually have to support one of his own projects, which I think is stupid. But Iger was at every film premiere. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I just think it's a brilliant cheap shot that in the burning hellscape that is currently Twitter, you know who congratulated Mike uh, Bob Iger? Michael Eisner, the Disney CEO before Iger. He's just <laughs> like, nice to have Iger back. I'm going, Jesus, did no one like JPEG? Good Lord. Uh, well, I mean, like, he's he really hasn't given us a whole re- lot of reasons to like him. I mean, the whole um, Scarlett Johansson debacle, uh, I like. And to be fair, like it to, for, to have. How do we say this? Uh, to take like an actual legitimate um, contract dispute that, you know, for all its intents and purposes, Scarlett was trying to keep it in the background. Uh, but then to p- take go to Twitter and like drag, you know, one of your, you know, it, it, it's not just anybody like it's Scarlett Johansson, someone who's been making money for your company for a decade. Yeah, over a decade. So it's like you're just he was like, nah, she's being greedy. I can't believe this, blah, blah, blah. And like the whole world was the like irony of Chapek saying she's greedy. Yeah, which is hilarious. Like, oh, my gosh, it just like the whole I don't want to get too much into it, but the the whole don't say gay stuff that, that that he ended up doing that it was just like, gosh, dude, like you don't, you just don't a understand like, um, uh, uh, communication and you don't understand like 
grace of a person you don't understand of like how to how to how to approach um approach like tough topics with like empathy or like with understanding or like anything you just you're just you were literally here for the money you like and that that, over these last what two almost three years chapek has definitely showed that he is the uh, he he is the physical impersonation, the physical embody embodiment of like that uh, cranky, grumpy old uh, studio exec who does not care about the product and just wants the money. Like that, we all have in our heads that like all when I think of Sony, that's the kinds of people I think of, or like Warner Brothers that or in the old regime of Warner Brothers that that was like, that's what I have in my head. And like JPEG was just, that was him. That was who he was. And he tried to run Disney that way. And for some, for a company that has some of the biggest creative properties of all time with like, with Lucasfilm, with Marvel, like you can't do that. You literally cannot do that, especially when they have been making billions and billions and billions of dollars for over a decade. It's just every chance he possibly could to say something not stupid. He chose not to. He chose violence. Like, they're like, hey, Bob, <laughs> tell us about your day. Boy, do I hate animated movies. Like, Bob, <laughs> that wasn't the question. Like, he just had this habit of just saying the absolute wrong thing. Be like, uh, hey, you've got this great new Star Wars park, uh, section of the park with like Millennium Falcon and everything else. Uh, but like, there's. Universal's doing this thing where they're letting guests have the option of waiting in line as opposed to doing a virtual queue thing. You'd be like, well, we don't judge our, our, our line. We don't judge how popular our attractions are by how long the lines are. We, we judge them by guest satisfaction. I'm just going, oh, really? Is that why uh, one of your Star Wars rides consistently had eight-hour waits because of your bad system that you implemented? <laughs> like, he would always get so sidetracked, and he was so... Iger is confident in who he is as a person, as an executive, whereas Chapek, everything got to him, so to speak. Like, he's very thin-skinned. Supposedly, he, a lot of people online, myself included, would call him a bean counter because he's so just cared about nickel and diming everything. Apparently, he hated that. That was the number one thing he hated was when people called him a bean counter or a penny pincher. He's just like, I'm a creative person. Uh, here's this idea that I had for the parks. And they were forced to implement it. And they're just like, what if we put music on the castle? And I'm like, Bob, that's your genius idea. They have been doing that for decades. They're just like, but what if it's current music? <laughs> Shut up, Bob. Sit down. You are not a creative person. You are Mr. Clean incarnate. Except Mr. Clean gets the job done. Um, <laughs> to to Chapex credit, he has a wicked beard when he wants to grow one. I, I will give him that. Ugly as heck. <laughs> that thing is terrible. Okay. He does not enough. have the face for a beard. Like some people, like Josh, has the face Aww. for a beard. It works. It's, I'm in the it's middle. Because I'm ugly otherwise. <laughs> my my face can't decide if it's a face for a beard or not. It used to be a face for a goatee. Then COVID happened. Now I have a face for a beard, but. JPEG consistently said the wrong things. And this yeah, is where absolutely. Iger comes back into the picture of it became incredibly uncomfortable that Iger would be publicly backhanding the company that he used to run and be like, well, that I don't like, he would openly disagree with certain decisions that were made. He's like, well, 
I don't like this, that, or the other thing. And to be fair, JPEG did just strip down and tear away a lot of the infrastructure that Iger had implemented in a very short span of time. And we'll talk about that later with like Kareem Daniel and whatnot. Uh, but it became this very awkward thing of like, well, the past Disney CEO is butting heads with the current Disney CEO. At least when Michael Eisner left, he basically did not leave Disney on the best of terms. But he wasn't out there bad-mouthing Iger. As far as I know, Eisner and Iger are on very healthy terms. And I think it's more of like the death of Frank Wells that really got to Michael Eisner. Yeah. Um, but it just became this very public battle. And no one had Chapex back, apparently. And here's where the rumor comes in. Again, rumor, 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 put rumor in all bold letters, italicized, whatever you want to know. Rumor. Just us stating it. We are not saying this is fact. However, I believe it. So John Campia reached out to some people on uh, in his Disney context. Campia is right. He's wrong. He'll own up to it when he's wrong. He's not the most reliable scooper, but he'll tell you that. He's not, he's not a scooper. But he reached out to some people at Disney, and supposedly a big part of this quote-unquote emergency meeting was, again, this is a rumor, was that the head of... Marvel Entertainment, like all the live-action stuff, the animated stuff, the head of Pixar, and Kevin Feige, all three of them went directly to the board themselves, voicing their concerns over Chapek. Now, whether or not they gave an ultimatum of, like, him or us, we don't know. But I can absolutely see that happening because, you know, Chapek mm -hmm. has burned bridges with all three of those departments. I think a big reason why Phase 4 kind of sucks is Chapek, and Kevin Feige has not been allowed to say that. I think due to infrastructure and stuff that's been put in place during Phase 4 in terms of leadership, I think that had a huge impact. We know what Disney's done to Pixar under Chapek's regime and live-action stuff. Eh, 50-50 shot of whether you're actually going to make it to theater. So I bet Chapek burned all those bridges. That's why I kind of lean towards believing yeah. that rumor. Oh, I absolutely do. And I mean, even like... If they had given them an ultimatum of like, yo, like this is, we can't work like this. So either he's gone or we're gone. Like even just losing Feige alone would have literally tanked that Disney because then all of a sudden you have an entire fan base. They were like, definitely. Well, oh yeah. Now we definitely have no faith in, in Marvel that Marvel knows what they're doing. Now we definitely don't want to go, go to go see, you know, these movies that Disney makes billions of dollars from. Um, but then you also bring in, you know, the, the heads of Disney film, the head of Pixar, like Kevin is hard enough to replace, but then to basically you'd have to replace every head of your divisions, like, or more than half of the heads of your divisions. And it's like, well, we could just ask Geiger back. Well, yeah, that's the it, way easier than losing Kevin Feige and the heads of of all of, of half your division. So it's like, well, yeah, that's a no brainer. Absolutely. <laughs> so now we've gotten into more or less what all happened. Now we mm -hmm. got to get into the question of why does this happen? And I think there's a bunch of factors to this besides Chapek sucked at his job. I think that's the big biggest factor. Guest satisfaction was at an all time low. They were losing mm -hmm. money hand over fist under his tenure. However, the board was sitting idly by while this was happening of Disney losing mm -hmm. money, get satisfaction of being an all-time low. What prompted them to do something about it now? And here's where I think 
it's not about what's currently happening. It's, I think, what they think will happen. So you don't mm -hmm. have to be a financial expert to know the economy kind of sucks right now. We're not going to get into the minutiae of everything. But next year is expected to be much worse. Supposedly, like, the word recession has been around thrown a little bit for 2023, whether or not that actually happens or not. I think the number one reason why Bob Chapek was fired was Disney was looking at projections and forecasts for the economy for next year. And they're mm -hmm. like, if we're doing bad in an okay-ish year, we're going to be sunk next year when the economy is supposed to be even worse. So let's get Iger back to steady the ship now because Iger's contract mm -hmm. is for two years to kind of fix the Chapek stuff, fix in two years what Iger ruined in three, and then raise up a new CEO to succeed him that isn't Chapek. I think yes. the number one reason why they made this decision now more than anything else was whatever they're seeing on the horizon for 2023, economically speaking, scared them so much that they're like, we need Iger back now to pilot the ship, so to speak, before the waves start getting really bad. Yeah, no, I agree. Because, I mean, if any, if JPEG had showed anything, he doesn't know how to lead this company through tough times. Um, Disney consistently you know, fell short and took missteps all throughout the entire pandemic. So it, it definitely wouldn't surprise me if that was one of the case. I mean, add that on top of, you know, the high of losses with the financially that they took this year, the, the amount that like just this year since January is that's the, that's the number, sorry, that, that, it, that their stock has dropped 40%. Like, the fact that, you know, the, the beginning in 2019, their stock was $200 a, a pop, and now it's $98. Like, that is And that's massive. an improvement. The $98 is up. Yes. Yes. That is, it, that's massive. And then to sit there and look, have all of that information, all that financial information, and then look at, at, at all the projections and go, oh, oh, it's supposed to get worse. Okay, cool. So this guy, we don't trust him at all. Like, he's obviously, he's not good leadership for us even from a financial standpoint, let alone a creative standpoint. So get him out of here. Get Iger in here. I wouldn't be surprised if Iger actually ends up staying maybe three to four I years. I 100% agree. Um, but that's also just because it's going to take at least a year, year and a half to just correct this ship, just to just to get them back on on um, on course. And then then he'll he'll probably he'll get somebody and be like, all right, cool. So now instead of stepping down and putting you in the position, you're just going to work under me for a year and a half, so that you under it's so and then we'll 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 switch that position because there's got to be a better way to when you have the you know almost a trillion dollar company, like to, there's got to be a better way to put a new person in in that kind of seed without just being like, all right, cool. You're gone and bring you in. Got it. Cool. Like that, that you can't be that easy. Yeah. It's going to take time to train up this new person, but also I hadn't even thought about this until I'm saying it now of, uh, so Iger took over for Disney from Michael Eisner in 2005. So Iger actually already has lead Disney through a recession already yeah. on his resume from 2008 yeah. with housing crisis and everything else. And the economy was really, really tough then. So he's already kind of got the experience granted. I fully expect the economy to be a lot different in 2023 than it was in like 2008. Like it's tough now and supposedly it's going to get only worse, but I trust Iger a lot more with that of, I think if there are budget cuts and I fully expect there to be budget cuts, 
he will at least have the balls to explain why and face the hard questions as opposed to because and it'll still happen i promise or the thing i was telling talking to heather about she is probably on the same page with me of disney everything has gotten more expensive the parks um mm -hmm. entertainment budgets whatever but the value that you're getting for your dollar is going significantly down. I don't think Iger is going to make stuff cheaper or easier to get into the parks. But what I do think he's going to try and do is compensate the dollar amount with a value that you get as an experience of, yes, the park is more expensive than it's ever been, but we're going to make it at least a worthwhile experience for this price point as opposed to JPEG's model of making it as expensive, but get you give you less for your money. Like, I think JPEG, uh, Iger will care more about maximizing the dollar and the enjoyment, but probably, unfortunately, still kind of keep it at this monetary level. Like, don't... Yeah. Also, I think that's the big thing is, people, I know we're excited that Iger's back. Do not expect earth-shattering changes within a month or two. Like, it's gonna take a while. You cannot pop a Yui very easily on a cruise ship. That takes time and a lot of effort. So I think that's the exact yeah. same thing here. It's gonna take time to first put out the fires, see what is still left in the house before you start rebuilding stuff. Yeah, it, it, he's gonna have to take sit there and go, okay, cool. So when I left, Chapek came here and gutted the house. Let, let's see what the what bones are still left. Let's see what what infrastructure is left and how can I, how can I adjust, readjust um, the infrastructure to back to what is going to be both financially viable, but then also what is going to be more creatively viable because at the end of the day, Iger is more creatively focused. Um, and so, I mean, I think a lot of it kind of when Shapec was hired, you know, hired on, um, originally we're gonna have to wait and see i think you know have a conversation in february and then we'll see we'll see where we are but yeah I, i'm not i'm not 100 sure as far as you know what the shakeup's gonna end up looking like also i don't think i see enough people talking about this um and that's because it's only gonna affect a very specific group of people but since i live in the florida area housing market across the nation is just effed the housing market Good luck if you want to buy a house, like, at all. But Florida's pretty bad. But we were getting increasingly worried about it, even more so in the next couple of years, because under Bob Chapek's regime, he made this big, huge mandate of all Disney Imagineers must move to Florida and live now in this area called Lake Nona. So they're going to pop up a whole bunch of apartments and houses, and that area was going to have this sudden surge of people moving in, which, you know makes it more expensive for everything else and a whole surge of people come moving in. Uh, that led to the resignation of a lot of Imagineers and a lot of people didn't want to relocate because they've been in their places forever. And I completely get that because JPEG wanted to just cut down on travel and spending because he likes to cut down on everything. With Iger, I don't think that type of relocation is going to happen at all. The, the Lake Nona thing was already pushed back enough. They said it was going to be pushed back to 2025. That thing's going to be quietly canceled. There's also a lot of projects that under Chapex regime and under the COVID era just were like, it'll happen someday. And then we never heard from them and they got quietly canceled. I wouldn't be surprised if some of those get unmothballed and kind of get 
put back on the drawing table for potential things because we've gone almost an hour without talking about it. <laughs> Universal is breathing yes. down the neck of Disney under JPEG's they regime. JPEG openly was just like, no, nah, I'm not worried. Whereas Universal... So... Uh, Disney is absolutely in denial about this, but they can't be in denial when they actually look at the numbers. Magic Kingdom was the only Disney park with higher attendance than Universal last year. Universal and Studios and Islands had higher attendance than three out of the four Disney parks, and I'm just going, boom. That's what we call suck it. This is what happens when so many Disney people left to work at Universal, and it absolutely shows, but Universal is building a new park right down the street from Disney, and Chapek's response was, eh, for Disney, people will always come, which is true, but you're losing your audience very, very quickly. I don't think Disney will open a new park anytime soon. They're too far behind on that, mm-hmm. but I don't think Iger's going to ignore that giant universal-sized elephant down the street, which, you know, Josh will be watching that career uh, very closely because of How to Train a Dragon. Josh, we, Ooh, we, we joke, <laughs> Heather and I joke all the time that Josh will just be riding the How to Train Your Dragon ride with cotton candy and one of those little pinwheels, just like riding yes. a little How to Train Your Dragon kitty coaster on a loop for eight hours. Okay, yes. Okay, yes, but <laughs> but even like even if the rumors end up being true that they're going to add a Lord of the Rings park, like, are you kidding me? Do you have much of a big deal Universal would have if they had? They literally Disney has you know their stuff, and Universal would literally have everything else. Like it just. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to sit here and argue that Universal hasn't, at the very least, caught up, if not surpassed, um, all of what the Disney parks have to offer. Um, I say that. Having been to no, one park. Being, <laughs> having been to one Universal park and never been to Disney. But like it, even just like on paper. And then I, I think I said this to you when we were first planning was it last year. Uh, to yeah, last year we were planning me coming down to to for Halloween Horror Nights. Um, I was like, wait, you're you're telling me that I could go for this amount of money, I can go to Halloween Horror Nights, go a little bit early, and still get into a whole thing of the part. Like, there's just more value to the dollar amount that you have. That's to pay. the thing. Parks I, are getting more expensive, but some parks, yes. unlike others, are being smarter with the value Correct. that you get for that money. I'm like, let me be clear here. I'm totally fine with paying 100 150 bucks for a ticket to go to a, a a park if you know there's this full list of things I get with that money. It's not just hey, it's 100 150 bucks for a park entrance and you get to go in, but then you also have to pay for for to go on rides. You have to pay it for this. You got to pay for this. And it's like, okay, well then that's not really worth my time to go and do that. Um Universal is definitely doing a whole lot better at giving people you know the value for their dollar for what they have to pay so now with Iger taking over the real question is now that JPEG's been fired who's next Goldberg (laughs) style well when I started writing these notes I immediately put one name down and sure enough that was the first name to go on Monday I'm just going well this guy's not going to last very long uh, that is Kareem Daniel, who is the head of like the media and entertainment division, which if there's any casualty to this, I actually feel a little bad for Kareem Daniel. And here's why. This guy 
we never heard anything about him. Supposedly he wasn't actually that bad. He was he was he's fine. He wasn't a horrible yeah. person. But he only had the job because he was friends with Bob Iger. So ba- Bob Iger basically reworked the entire infrastructure for Disney mm-hmm. and created a whole bunch of middlemen that report to him that like Feige and the films division all have to report to these guys now, as opposed to where they used to just report directly to the CEO. Uh, Reem Daniel just got the job because he's friends with JPEG, but supposedly he was whatever. But as soon as JPEG got fired, I'm going, well, Kareem Daniel's the first guy to go because yeah, under the Iger regime, that position just didn't exist, period. So why would it exist now? Yeah, JPEG completely reshuffled everything and then one day happens kareem daniels the first one going i'm going that's to be expected now kareem daniel i think is the name that a lot of people are talking about but some people are still hoping for other people to be let go and i think there will be some cutbacks but there's a whole bunch of quote-unquote scoopers online they're like according to the board there's there's other people on the chopping block i'm going well this was before kareem daniel had been fired I'm like the number one candidate to be fired is probably kareem daniel and so yeah. many other people are like online are going, it's got to be Kathleen Kennedy. It's got to be Kathleen Kennedy. I'm going, <laughs> it will not. <laughs> Let's be honest. If Kathleen Kennedy was going to be fired, it would have been under the Bob Chapek era, not the Bob Iger era. Yeah. Because absolutely. Iger goes to bat for Kathleen Kennedy. Sometimes I have been hearing some rumblings that her job is less safe than it was before. Yeah. So. I think she's safe until the end of her contract in 2025. But also, I would not be surprised at all if after Indiana Jones, she gets fired or just quietly lets go or be like, they make a big deal about like Kathleen Kennedy has accepted a position over at Amblin Entertainment, Steven Spielberg's company as like the head of development or entertainment over there because she's tight with Steven Spielberg. I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens. So that way she can kind of quote unquote leave gracefully. But I think she's safe for now. I know so many people are calling for Kathleen Kennedy's head. Us included, because she's one of the best producers of all time. She's had her name attached to so many best movies of all time. But just like Kareem Daniel, I think what they probably do in a very specific field, they're very good at. They were just in the wrong position. From everything we're hearing, Kareem Daniel was a guy from marketing. He had no film or entertainment experience. So he's probably really good at some very specific things. He was just slotted in the wrong spot. It's like having a pitcher play outfield. Like, they just don't feel natural in that position. And I don't think Kathleen Kennedy was necessarily a great fit for Lucasfilm. I know she was George Lucas's pick. It just it hasn't worked out. She's a, she's great at what she does. It's just, it's like an all-star athlete going to a different team. Sometimes the signings just don't pan out. And I think that's what's happening yeah. with Kathleen Kennedy. I think she's staying... But I'm less confident that she she's staying than I was a few years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with you know John John and Dave doing so well recently, uh, almost every single thing that they touch ends up being very very good. You know, you can't bat a hundred, you know, a thousand all the time. Um, I I've watched the first couple episodes of Andor, and I'm not super hooked on it. So you know, maybe I need to. No, keep watching because everyone apparently loves it, and I don't yeah, understand why. Just talk about it. Um, so but maybe I just need to go ahead and hit episode three and keep pushing, pushing through on it. But um, but like Tales of the Jedi, fantastic, and it, I think I would not be surprised, like you said, like if 
she ends up leaving gracefully and at the very least on the star wars side of things dave dave filoni officially takes that helm. i think it's dave I, and john actually i together. i would agree i because john john uh, john favreau's been doing so much stuff with them lately that like it's almost like that's the only thing that he wants to do now which i can't really blame him at all like are you t- if i was like if i grew up watching the original star wars and then the, somebody would have told me like hey man like as an adult you're gonna get to be the head of the of star wars and just make star wars movies for the rest of your life like that's like that is a dream are you kidding me yes absolutely so i, I would yeah. be surprised if that's what happens also Two man groups have been the thing for a while. Walt and Roy Disney, Frank Wells, mm-hmm. and Michael Eisner. Now we're seeing with James Gunn and Peter Safran. So I would not be surprised at all if so. Warner Brothers learned from Disney. I wouldn't be surprised if Disney learns from Warner Brothers. <laughs> so yeah. I think Bob Iger right now is just kicking himself, going, "Gosh dang it, Alan Horn's over there at the other guys. I'd ask him to come out of retirement again." Because poor Alan Horn just really needs to retire. He's just like, I, I just want to retire, guys. And he keeps getting suckered back in Godfather 3 style. <laughs> um, I, I think there's going to be definitely some some shakeups. Uh, now, talked about the the change in general. Yeah. Kind of the immediate impact. Now we got to look at the positives of like, okay, what? Realistically, what will Iger do? What can Iger do? Because there's a lot of bridges to fix. First of all, directly with the entertainment side, the movies and TV, how does Iger taking over improve stuff? Uh, so, Josh, what do you think the big difference will be management style? Like, do you, will we notice a big difference in quality in products? I, I don't know because it's a little hard because a lot of if anything we're we would be seeing now would have been, you know, shot, edited and kind of put together a month ago and not, not, not recent that, you know, not necessarily hundred percent the truth, but like, um, like, geez, dude, we, we don't even have a indie trailer yet. So I, I think, I think that's attached to avatar. I would be surprised by that either. But with that being said, I think the approach to marketing is going to be is going to be completely different. Um, probably less spoilers in in some of our trailers. And Kevin um, Feige rejoices at that. Yes, thank goodness. I mean, like I just I already knew certain things about Black Panther, but like we're only a week out. We're not even a week out from the release, and I just saw a trailer that spoiled some stuff, and I was like, well, really, then, dude? Like before the on. movie came out. I feel like Kevin Feige always like had to do his own anti-marketing campaign because when the yes. trailer show came out that showed spoiler when it showed Shuri in the Black Panther suit, everyone's going, "Oh, so Shuri's the new Black Panther." And Kevin Feige's like, "Oh no 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 no, the trailer doesn't give away everything. You don't know who the new Black Panther is." We're going, but the trailer. But the trailer did, says, "Did you not show? Did you not yeah. see the trailer?" And I feel like it was Kevin Feige like trying to be like, "Stop it! Stop it!" Yeah. No, it's amazing. We kept the Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield thing secret as long as we did, because knowing JPEG would be like, "Well, you realize we can make a uh, fifty million dollars more on opening weekend box office if we just uh, tell people the Tobey and Andrew are in it, like completely ruin the surprise for everyone." But yeah. like Doctor Strange, I think a big problem that people had with it is one movie is just kind of eh, but was the expectation because quite a few of the cameos got spoiled in trailers leading up to it. So there's this expectation of, well, if the trailer's showing us this, 
then there's got to be even more surprises that we're not seeing. Yes, so absolutely. I think that played into the the downfall of Doctor Strange. Just going, yeah, Feige, Feige used to have final say over like trailers and marketing and everything else. And then when Kareem Daniel was in charge, he had a boss again, just like he had with like Perlmutter. So I'm expecting the marketing to be a lot better. But I think Josh is completely right of... We won't see the Iger effect, so to speak, for a while. Like, yeah, um, Miss Marvel, I think, is the, the Marvels is completely mm-hmm. done filming. Um, it does give me more faith in Marvel Phase Five, though. I think Phase Five might be a little more focused. We shall see. Like, I feel like it'll be back to. I don't think it'll be like peak MCU, but I feel like it'll be much more. Oh. Kevin Feige clearly has his hands much firmly on the reins on this as opposed to having to share the reins with a committee, which is what he had to do, which yeah, with the reins, it's what he was saddled with in phase four. Uh, but I, I think the quality <laughs> will be better because maybe it's just me and maybe there's people out there that disagree. That's totally fine. I feel like the past two to three years under the JPEG regime, a lot of Disney movies have felt very much like they're made by committee of yes. Here's a, they're not bad movies, by any stretch of the imagination, but it's like a, here's a checklist of things we need to have in this movie in order to reach these core demographics, as opposed to genuinely creative and inspired movies. It just felt like, and I know people have criticized the Marvel movies, especially, but I think it's more than just that, like Pixar and the other movies, it feels just like, they're trying to reach the widest demographic and cast the widest net and more or less just go, all right, here's all the surface we took that says people like this, this, and this. I'm going, yeah, yeah. Hey, did you not have a, like actually like just ideas? You have some of the most creative and brilliant people in the world. Are you just not letting them take control here? Yeah, because it, it's so weird as much as like not as a quote unquote big, a big deal that like that um, Luca was. I, at the same time, I completely like. I can't say that it's bad because it's so artistically different and vivid and interesting in that kind of way. Where you see, you can as you can tell, like, like it's not Toy Story level by by far, but like at the very least, it's it's interesting. And I didn't hate that I watched it. And in Encanto is interesting. It's fresh. It tries to do something different. It feels. Like you said, inspired. It it doesn't feel like it was made made by a committee, but like stuff like, uh, uh, like Black Widow felt like it was made for, for by a committee. There's there's like there's like you said like okay, well as excited and as cool as Strange World kind of looks, um, getting eh reviews, not bad, but eh, not bad, but like at the same time, it do, it looks kind of eh. As strange as a strange world is, yeah, cool. Um, there's no reason, you know, there's no reason given in the trailer as to far as like, hey, this is why the the world is this way. It's so it's just it's it's like yeah, like you said, the I think that the the marketing will change significantly. Um, I think you know things actually getting marketing <laughs> will change significantly. Um, as because no matter how good or bad um, Strange World is, it doesn't. It deserves to have its fair share of marketing. It deserves to 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 have the opportunity to get butts in seats. So, like, because regardless on whether it's good or bad, it still needs to 
it needs to be given its fair chance like john carter like treasure planet like atlantis like there's things that like if you don't give them the chance of course they're not going to do well well unfortunately john carter was under the Iger administration like i said yeah, Iger's well. not perfect he's no management style is, but I, I much prefer his management style and his sense of direction than yeah. Chapek's rudderless direction. Uh, I think one of the biggest needs that Chapek, that Iger needs to address is he needs to fix the Pixar relationship as yes. quick as humanly possible. Because if there's anybody that's got incredibly low morale right now, and I completely understand why, it's Pixar. Of um, Other than Lightyear, Disney repeatedly telling Pixar, yeah, your movies are streamable. Like, not great, but streamable. And other blockbuster movies, they get theatrical releases, but because you're animated, you go to streaming. And I think we'll see... We will see less stuff on Disney+, Plus. I think. We'll still get a lot of stuff on Disney+, Plus, but we will get less stuff, and I think I will care more about the quality than the quantity, and I think... We'll see significantly less Disney Plus movies at first. What I think will happen is Iger does not hate the theatrical model like JPEG does. JPEG, if JPEG had his way, all movies would go to streaming, bypass the theatrical experience altogether. Iger, I think, will put a lot more movies in theaters. I heard a very interesting stat today. In 2019, last year Iger was in charge. 2019, well, also last the before times, we'll put it that way. 2019, Disney released... <laughs> a long, long ago. Gosh, it does feel like so long ago. 2019, Disney released 11 movies in theaters. This year, four. Not including so Strange crazy. World and Avatar. I'm just going, That's but so why? Wild. Like, but theaters make money. Look at Top Gun Maverick. Paramount has put all of their movies in theaters. And Paramount, spoiler alert for a best of the year... Paramount is probably one of the bests of the year and the comeback player of the year because yes, absolutely take out Maverick. They're still making money hand over fist after the, with the theatrical releases. I think Iger is looking to repair his relationship with Pixar and give them theatrical releases again, but also give other movies theatrical releases. I didn't give two squirts of piss about Hocus Pocus 2, but Hocus Pocus 2 probably should have been in theaters for that really diehard fan base that it does have. Uh, Turning Red should have been a theatrical release. Movie. Oh my gosh! Like I, I thought, like when when it, I need to, that's on my list of things to watch because I thought this was just a movie that I like. I missed it in theaters or something. No, like it just didn't. It didn't go to theaters at all. Which is for a movie that, from all intents and purposes, seems like it was a good. B uh, had a big cultural significance. Like yeah, that should have been in theaters, dog. What are you doing? Like, yeah, there's there's a lot of projects. I think the 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 rebuilding of the relationship with Pixar is going to be a big deal. Um, the uh, it's still to this day really weird that JPEG was like I'm not weird because we know who JPEG is, but weird given the history of Pixar for him to be like, yeah, well, you guys aren't that big of a deal when like Pixar was a thing that like got Disney out of some dark spots because their stuff is so good so for a, for a very long time um so i i agree though i i think fixing that fixing that 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 relationship will definitely become paramount i think fixing that relationships the relationships with like the, people like scarlett johansson like i wouldn't be surprised if Iger 
reached out to her and was like, Hey, I'm sorry, this happened, blah, blah, blah. But like to, to, he, I wouldn't be surprised if that there's a lot of stuff that we're on, we're not aware of, of, you know, the people that the really talented people that left um, Disney, like Jim I wouldn't Rody. be surprised. Yeah. If there's a lot of reaching out um, to those kinds of people to try and, uh, rebuild those bridges maybe get them back i wouldn't be surprised if a certain man named rice would be on his way back as as well like you, there's a lot of like like you said there's a lot of bridges that he that he's gonna have to to rebuild so as we kind of look to generalize it and kind of look to wrap it up a little bit if you had to summarize what are the major points that you think looking back on things looking at the overall layout of Disney as a whole, what are the big issues that you think Bob Iger needs to address the most? And how do you think he's going to go about fixing stuff? Mm. Um, he's definitely going to have to, I think the Pixar thing is, is up there. I think somehow reassuring Marvel fans that, uh, you know, there's a plan and, and helping Kevin get everything back on back <laughs> helping Feige. I don't know why I called him by his first name. Like I know him. Kevin. Um, <laughs> hey, Kevin. Bob. Uh, <laughs> Bob. Kevin. Bob. Bob and Kevin. Um, ha, you know, ha, make sure that you know Marvel fans understand that you know things are do have a plan. There is a track, and helping prove that they're there that the cart is back on the rails again. Um, I think those that's important. I think, um, I. I would also say I think the restructuring is going to be of the you know how the company runs is going to be important as well because I wouldn't be I don't want it to happen right away but I wouldn't be surprised within the first month he's put everybody you know these middlemen get rid of them or at the very least be like all right so uh, this position doesn't make sense why we don't need a middleman there this we don't need a middleman there it's nice in this in this area to have an, an extra set of eyes so, so let's do, let's leave him there but i i expect him to reorganize uh disney again which is kind of unfortunate you know we're getting two company re- reorganizations within three years is will be oh so it's warner brothers yeah, I mean, yes, <laughs> but still, I, 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 those are kind of like the main things. So, like, you know, Pixar, Marvel, and um, uh, the corporate structure, I think, are the main th- three things that I think I can see him fixing or, or that he really needs to tackle first. I think those are the three things that will, you know, going into these next years, th- that's what's going to help make them th- make their money back and really take those losses and turn them way down. I think first and foremost, he's going to look to try and improve employee morale. And also, um, supposedly from people that work within a Disney company, morale is already just improved significantly, just not having JPEG around anymore. It's not even like JPEG got moved to a different department. It's the fact that he's gone entirely because, again, no one liked JPEG. Apparently, he was a very toxic guy to work around. Um, Rumor going around was back when he was head of the parks, even before he was CEO, of people dreaded seeing him in the parks because it means he was coming for blood. Like, he was never in the parks to enjoy them or just just experience them as a Disney fan, whereas Iger will go check things out all the time, I'm sure for work, but also just 
because he's a fan of being there. He's proud of what he puts out. So I think number one, he needs to improve morale, get people back on board. I'm sure um, pay people better because the parks have been severely understaffed and they have been leaving left, right, and center because morale has been terrible and Disney has given them no reason to see Disney as a valuable place to work. So I think Iger is going to try and bring talent back and make Disney an appealing place to work again, like a good place to work. Um, He's got to fix Disney Plus subscriptions, I think, because they kind of plateaued. I think he's going to... I think he'll be spearheading the merger between Hulu and Disney Plus. Um, Obviously, the parks are a huge concern because the parks are a stable source of income, but it's also the biggest point of contention with Disney fans right now of you've raised the prices three times within the past year, but you haven't really added anything new to the park. You've nickel and dimed more and more. So how does Iger manage that? Because he does still have a bottom line. I think people are expecting Mm -hmm. things to change overnight. It's going to suck, but I think there's certain things that Chapek implemented that will be sticking around. I don't think paid fast passes are leaving as much as I'd like them to. I don't think the reservation system is leaving anytime soon, but I don't think Iger will stick his head in the sand about Epic Universe. Yeah. If anything, Chapek would just badmouth Universal and do this and everything. I fully expect that the day Epic Universe opens for Bob Iger to just write a nice handwritten letter to Universal being say, congratulations. We applaud your success. We hope you the best. Um, congratulations. Because he understands if Universal does well, Disney does well too, because people will stay in the area. I don't think Iger sees people as competition. That being said, he still wants to win. Like, yeah. I think he's going to try and revert things back to how he was running it before. Also, rule of twoing this of trying to find an apprentice that won't, you know, just completely undercut him at every turn. Because as soon as he left, he was very vocal about just like, yeah, I done goofed. I picked the wrong guy. Because Michael Eisner was great for Disney for a very long time as a CEO until the tail end of his career, in which case he made a lot of bad choices for Disney, which is when he, the board hired Mike Bob Iger to come in and replace him. Eisner was at least smart enough to pick a good guy to replace him. So that way his legacy is intact. Your legacy is only as good as the person that replaces you, so to speak. Of like, did you do a good enough job setting the field and preparing the way for the person to follow you to carry the baton and lead to success? And Bob Iger, his biggest flaw, I think, as a CEO was who he picked to follow him. And so now he's got a chance to retcon that away case we'll bring that episode back of the greatest retcons of all time <laughs> bob Iger casting bob chapek as the next ceo that got retconned away in the sequel of it is really it's the sequel trilogy though you have the one guy that was there for the original and then the guy in the middle kind of screwed everything up and then they get the original guy back for the tail end of it jeez <laughs> that shouldn't have worked as, a, as well as it should as it did uh but yeah end of no, it, captain completely- kennedy is still gone Yes, uh, I, I I agree though. I think there's a, a lot of movement that's going to be happening, but I don't expect anything really radical or or public to really happen until uh, you know probably 2023 at the earliest. 2023, maybe late January, maybe February, because that that is the other thing is 
we're at the tail end of the year. So nothing really radical is going to happen outside of maybe that a lot of rehires or, or something like that. Even that I don't see happening, but I do see them reaching out to people. Um, but really nothing really big until January or February, but I, I, absolutely. This was the right call. Um, it suck. I hate it for Iger. Cause it's like, yeah, he's trying to retire. Like I feel you dude. Um, but like at the same time, pick somebody better. <laughs> so, but yeah, like we'll we'll see what happens. Goes, we'll see what happens in these next couple of months. We'll see what happens in these next couple of years and who he ends up um, choosing to uh, to to replace him eventually. I feel like I can actually start to like Disney again and actually feel like I'm just not. Yeah, just going. I don't like who. Hey, Peck. Um, but what do you guys think? Were you just as shocked as we were by this Disney news? What do you guys think? Are there any big part of this story that you think we've missed? Let us know down in the comments below. As I came from you guys. And as always, if you haven't already, subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube. Help us get to a thousand subscribers. Help us get to that long climb up there. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.